Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Ministries International. We value the Word of God as an instrument of growth in our lives, using it to mend our ways, align our thinking, and ultimately bring restoration. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. As I sought the Lord on what to share with you tonight, I was impressed to minister on the principle of repositioning. And um, actually heavily impressed, and I trust that this, this word that I will share with you tonight will minister to some of you in one area or another, and hopefully all of us will understand one of the primary ways that God works in order to fulfill His plan and His purposes in our lives is through the principle of repositioning. Now, the word reposition means to put in a new or different position or to shift to a different place. The word reposition means to put in a new or different position or to shift to a different place. And we see this principle throughout the scriptures as the Lord applies it in working with his people in order to bring them to a place of maturity other times to bring them to a place of provision and fruitfulness in the individual callings and assignments. Now, this principle of repositioning, I believe, can become a great blessing, but only if it is the Lord repositioning us and not we ourselves. And I want to stress that because it's important. We reposition by the word of the Lord and the leading of the Spirit. And that is the only way that repositioning can be a great blessing. And what believers often do, they reposition themselves for various reasons without the Lord leading them. And that can cause great disruption to the plan and to the purpose of God for our lives. And sometimes it can cause great pain when we move out of the will of God or out of the place where he has positioned us. I will give you examples from the scriptures, several examples. I'm not going to go, I'm not going to hurry through this lesson because I believe it's very important for us to see it from the scriptures, how the Lord ministers to us through repositioning. And so I'm going to take my time, so please bear with me. And I'm going to give you examples from the scriptures, as well as from my own life and experience in walking with the Lord through the various seasons and, of course, stages of my life and ministry. The first example we will look at is the repositioning of Abram in Genesis chapter 12, and we read uh, that repositioning in verses 1 through 3. 
Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 through 3 says, Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. As we can see here, the Lord gives a specific instruction to Abraham with the purpose or with the blessing of, or with the promise of blessing. He says to him, I will bless you and I will make your name great and you shall be a blessing. But please notice the instruction the Lord gave him. Get out of your country, your family, and your father's house. You see, God is beginning to do something entirely new in the life of Abraham. Therefore, it was necessary for him to be repositioned to a place where the Lord had called him. He calls him out of everything and everyone he knew and he was familiar with into a whole new land a whole new environment and territory, unfamiliar to him. He brought him out from the influence of his father's house, away from his culture, the influence of his culture and his nation. He brought him out of his nationality and out of his country so that he could lead him into his destiny. Hebrews chapter 11 says that by faith, Abraham obeyed, when he was called to go out to a place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. Just imagine that. He, he, he takes his wife, all of his possessions, and of course he took his nephew with him, uh, which the Lord told him to leave behind. But anyway, he took him with him, and you know the story, the trouble that uh, Lot caused him. And he goes to a place where he doesn't know. He's going out and he doesn't know where he's going to go. You see, coming out of the familiar and the, into the unknown, Abraham became vulnerable and totally dependent on God because he didn't know where he was going. He had to depend on God. He had no map to follow because he has never been there before. This new place he came into, as you all know, was unknown. Therefore, it was, it was like he was pushed onto or had no other choice but to depend totally on God every step of the way to guide and to instruct him in this new venture uh, of inheriting the promises that were given to him. And we ask the question, why does God often take us out of what we know, what we're comfortable with, out of the familiar, before he does something new and fresh in our lives? Why does he do that? I've asked the Lord that, and this is what I, I felt the Holy Spirit showed me. Because the known and the familiar always diminishes our dependence 
and reliance on God. The more we think we know, the less vulnerable and dependent we are on God. You see, the challenge of the new stretches our faith, and it brings out of us a kind of attitude which God can work with in order to accomplish His purposes in our lives. I believe it releases a kind of humility and vulnerability which is precious in the sight of the Lord. And it breaks down our self-reliance and most importantly, our pride. He said to Israel in the Old Covenant that there was a purpose in taking them out of Egypt and bringing them into the desert. And what was that purpose? Deuteronomy tells us that purpose was to humble them and to teach them that man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. You see, God had to take Abram out of what was known and familiar to him. The environment, the atmosphere that he was in, and the people he was with were not conducive to the development of his faith, and they did not contribute to his spiritual growth and development. You see, they were, uh, they were not believers. They were not God people. They were heathen. So in that environment, God could not work with Abraham the way he wanted to work with him. Therefore, he calls him out from everything that he knew. And God will do the same with us. That is, if we are willing, sensitive to the leading of his spirit, and flexible in his hands. The word flexible is very important here. We cannot become rigid and stubborn. And just because God has called us to a certain place, that doesn't mean we're going to stay there forever. We, we need to have the sensitivity of the Spirit and be flexible in God's leading and in God's hands. And what He will do, He will often take us out of our comfort zone, out of one place into another, out of one season into another, in order to refine us and shape us into the likeness of Christ. Sometimes he will even take us out of one country into another. Other times out of one group of people into another in order to lead us upwards and onwards with him. And that is only if we're hungry and if we're thirsty for more of God. In my own walk with the Lord, I have lived and I can testify to that and experienced both in my pursuit of following the will of God and the plan of God of, for my life and family. And I've experienced both spiritual repositioning and geographical uh, repositioning. I'm sure you all know my testimony. I was not even 14 years of age when my father took me out of my country, out of Cyprus, out of what I was familiar, out of what I was comfortable, and planted me into a foreign land that was very unfamiliar and very uncomfortable, to say the least. I was brought into a strange environment with strange people. I remember the first few weeks 
I could not swallow the food that was prepared for me in South Africa. It was, <laughs> it was strange. I was staying at my aunt's house. And I remember I, I just had a complete distaste and it wouldn't sit right. <laughs> I, I, it, was, it was very unpleasant. And it was, came into an environment with a strange language that I did not even understand or speak. And from the age of 13 until the age of 23, when I was born again, I experienced much emotional pain and mental torment. Being separated from all my friends at school, I felt lonely, confused, and very much rejected. And in that emotional and mental state, I recall, I turned to full-scale rebellion. While this was going on, though, God was at work behind the scenes, preparing my heart to receive Christ by humbling me and opening up my heart toward him because I became desperate. Of course, my father was the person uh, that God used to take me out of Cyprus, but I really do believe that God was behind it all. What? Often I question myself whether I would have received Christ if I stayed in Cyprus like the rest of my school friends. Years later, when I went back to Cyprus, I have inquired about my school friends, and not one of them, as far as I know, was saved at that time. Not one. That's why I said, would I have accepted Christ if I didn't go through what I went through? And so my counsel to you leaders in the kingdom of God is this. Receive every season God places you in with gratitude, with humility, and most importantly, with faith. Even though you might not understand what God is doing in your life at present, trust Him. That's the key word. Trust Him, even though you don't understand. Trust Him with all your heart. And as the scripture says, lean not on your own understanding. God is working His purposes in secret. God is busy putting things together. Therefore, we need to be patient when God is dealing with us. Proverbs 3, verse 6 says, In all your ways acknowledge him and honor him, and he shall direct your paths. Let's look at another example. Let's look at the life of Joseph. As we study his life, we see the same principle as at work. You remember Joseph was taken out of his country, out of his father's house, and brought into a foreign land. And there he was sold as a slave. Regardless of how this was brought about in his life, God was with him all the way. And he was working and accomplishing his purposes in Joseph's, in Joseph's life. And Joseph himself said to his brothers when he revealed himself to them in Egypt, when they came years afterwards, when he revealed his true identity to them, he said to them, 
it was God who brought me to Egypt in order to preserve and to save your life and the lives of many, many other people. Joseph said it was God who took him there. And yet we know in the natural, it was his brothers who betrayed him, threw him in the pit and sold him as a slave. But Joseph saw the hand of God, and I believe that was the secret of him not complaining, but remaining faithful to God. He saw the invisible hand of God in that journey. And he was, that's why the scripture says, and God was with Joseph. Why? Because Joseph was with God and he remained faithful to him. And God brought Joseph to Egypt because Egypt was in his destiny. And Egypt was the place in which God's promise to Joseph was to be fulfilled. South Africa was in my destiny. I had to come here somehow. And, and, and if there was no other way, then that's the way God had chosen to bring me here. And again, Joseph was repositioned from the palace of Potiphar to the prison, from the place of authority and stewardship in Potiphar's house, he went to a prisoner in jail. And we ask, why? And unjustly. Mind you, he was thrown in prison because it was, it was in prison he met Pharaoh's butler, chief butler, who introduced him to Pharaoh, who ultimately promoted him to the highest position of authority in the land of Egypt. In Potiphar's courts, he would have never been able to meet the chief butler. So God had to shift him and reposition him from the palace into prison, and of course, from the prison into the highest place of honor. The means by which the repositioning took place, I believe, cannot be compared with the rewards that Joseph received. You see, we are so uh, isolated in our vision sometimes that we can only see the here and the now not down the road years from now on. And all the while, the devil thought he had Joseph. He thought he defeated him and broke his spirit. But all the while, God was laughing at the devil because he was at work behind the scenes, working out his plan and purposes for Joseph. And of course, fulfilling the word of the Lord he gave him many years ago in his father's house. None of this would have happened without the principle of repositioning. Oftentimes, God will lead us into very uncomfortable places, places we don't even want to go in the flesh because they are unfamiliar, they are contrary and different to our culture and our customs and what we are familiar with. He will bring people into our lives that are different from us, stretching our hearts to receive them and to love them while destroying every bit of prejudice we may have against them. God will do that if we are willing and flexible in his hands. So my counsel to you tonight is to embrace the change 
embrace the challenge with thanksgiving, with gratitude, and most importantly, with faith, knowing that God knows best. God knows best. He knows the future that you don't. He knows the end from the beginning. We don't. Therefore, we need to trust him with all of our hearts. Where he leads you, remember this, he will also provide for you all you need. And he will impart to you sufficient grace to accomplish the will of God in your life. You will lack nothing where he leads you. When Joseph was thrown into prison, he had no idea what God was up to. He had to trust God, even though he did not understand. But you see, the problem with many of us is that we want to understand before we trust. We want to know every little detail of God's instruction before we obey. And that's the problem. God does not work that way because there is no faith in that. No faith at all. If you knew everything, why would you trust God? Why would you go to God? Why would you depend on Him? Why would you trust Him if you knew everything? There's no need for faith. You see, He requires faith and trust before anything else. Because He is who He says He is. The Almighty God and worthy of our trust. Amen? I'll give you another example from my own life. When I was called into the ministry, I was sent exclusively for the first seven years to the Greek communities, preaching repentance towards God and faith in the Lord Jesus. I didn't go to any other nation, just to the Greeks. After the seven years were concluded, the Lord by His Spirit began to talk to me about repositioning from one country to South Africa, from Zimbabwe to the city of Cape Town, and from the office of the evangelist to the office of the pastor. It was not only a geographical repositioning, but it was also a ministry repositioning. They both came at the same time. Remember the definition of the word reposition? To put in a new or different position. And that can take place both geographically and spiritually. You see, not only did the Lord reposition me into a new country, but he also repositioned me into a new and completely unfamiliar ministry. In the office of the pastor, if there is one thing that God did was to stretch my heart beyond measure. As an evangelist, I never had a problem. I would preach and get out of there and go back home. I would not deal with people. I would not counsel people because I would preach meetings one, two, three, four nights a week. Then I would go back home. Didn't do any pastoral work. You see, as a traveling evangelist, I had no idea what a pastor goes through. Believe me. I... I have experienced emotional and mental pressure that I had not experienced while doing the work of the evangelist. 
I had grown to a whole new level of appreciation toward pastors. Praise God. That's why my ministry now is to the leaders, to the pastors, walking with them, encouraging them, uh, helping them uh, to walk in the path that God has called them. And my testimony as a pastor in the years that I have served the Lord in the pastoral ministry can be summed up in these words. While I was endeavoring and struggling to build a church in Cape Town, God the Father was building the man he called me to be. One that is fearless, uncompromising when it comes to the Word of God and confident in my present calling and assignment. You see, God will use anything and everything to stretch us, to mature us, even if it hurts the flesh. Another example is Paul, the apostle, where I'm just going to read the, the, the couple of scriptures that the Lord pointed out to me when Paul was repositioned both geographically and in his ministry. You see, Paul had a great love for the Jewish people. But the Lord repositioned him to go to the Gentiles, not to the Jews. I don't know how he received that, but it, sure, it must have been painful for him. Listen to the conversation he had with the Lord. And I'm reading from Acts 22, verse 17 through to 20. Now it happened when I returned to Jerusalem and was praying in the temple that I was in a trance and saw him saying to me, Make haste and get out of Jerusalem quickly, for they will not receive your testimony concerning me. So I said, Lord, they know that in every synagogue I imprisoned and beat those who believe on you. And when the blood of your martyr Stephen was shed, I also was standing by, consenting to his death and guarding the clothes of those who were killing him. But the Lord would have none of those excuses. He said to me, depart. No more excuses. I'm not leaving you here. Depart, for I will send you far from here to the Gentiles. And he took him out of Jerusalem into the Gentiles, and he was ministering most of his life to the Gentile believers. That's how those churches were established. The Ephesians, the Colossians, the Philippians, and all of those churches in Asia Minor were, were planted and established by Paul the Apostle. If he stayed in Jerusalem, his ministry would have died. He, it would have been unfruitful and of no use to the Lord. How glad we are today that he obeyed the Lord and repositioned himself. Elijah. Let's look at it. One final example of the principle of repositioning in the life and ministry of Elijah. And we read that in 1 Kings chapter 17. I'm just going to read a couple of verses. And Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, as the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years except at my word. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, 
get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. And it will be that you shall drink from the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord, for he went and stayed by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening. And he drank from the brook. And it happened after a while that the brook dried up because there had been, uh, excuse me, there had been no rain in the land. Elijah prophesies to the king by the word of the Lord that there will be famine in the land. So instructed by the same word of the Lord, he positions himself by the brook, Cherith. And God says to him, there I have commanded the ravens to feed you. There. In order for him, listen carefully, in order for him to receive God's provision, he had to go to a place called there because there was the place of provision. And let me make a comment here. Provision will always be where the Lord guides us. Find out where your there is and you will find everything you need. And so it was for Elijah for many days. But if we read further, the Bible says that after a while, the brook dried up and the raven stopped coming. And let me make another comment here, which I think is worth mentioning. Just because God led us to a certain place or to a certain task, it does not mean that we will stay there forever. Ever. Are you listening to me? God can change your direction, can change your ministry, can change your position. Some believers and even pastors find it so difficult to move because they are convinced God led me here. Sure, God led you there. But he may lead you somewhere else in due time. That doesn't mean because God led you there, it doesn't mean you'll stay there forever. There's no reason. Uh, there's, 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 there's a lesson to be learned here. So be wise and sensitive to the leading of the Spirit. You see the prophet, the prophet didn't even pick it up until the brook dried up. When the brook dried up, he heard the word of the Lord. Are you listening? God can speak to us also through natural circumstances. And we need to discern uh, the natural circumstances. But he can, and many times he uses natural circumstances to shift us, to move us, and to reposition us. Again, the word of the Lord comes to him, instructing him to reposition himself in Zarephath, to a specific widow because God commanded this poor widow to feed him. Listen to what the scripture says. God says to him, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, indeed a widow was there gathering sticks. 
And he called her and said, Please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called her and said, Please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. We see again that God repositions Elijah where he could find provision, but also exercise his ministry and save the widow and her son, including himself, from starvation. If we find ourselves in a place where there is no provision, where our gifts are not appreciated, utilized, exercised, then perhaps, I'm not saying always, perhaps it's time to seek the Lord whether there is a repositioning in God's plan. And one of the ways I believe God alerts us that it's time to reposition is when things begin to dry up around us. I have had that happen in Greece, in Canada, with our ministry office over there, where I could sense death all around. You see, if we see no results in our efforts, after laboring and laboring and laboring, finances and provision is drying up, and no matter how we pray or what we do, it's still unproductive. What if Elijah refused to move from where he was? Either because he was not sensitive to God's leading or because he just didn't want to move. And I believe he would have died, like the rest of the people died of starvation. And that is exactly what I believe what happens to many within the body of Christ. They are so set in their ways, comfortable in their environment, unwilling to reposition themselves where God leads them. They may not die physically, but they will surely die spiritually. Or remain spiritual babes simply because they're not willing to move themselves from where they are to where God is leading them. And I recall many years ago during my ministry to the Greek Orthodox people within the Greek Orthodox Church, many received the word, many were saved in the Orthodox Church. Many were baptized with the Holy Spirit. But when the time for them came to move out of the Orthodox Church, they would not budge, no matter what. Even if you used a spiritual crane, they would not go. They got stuck there. Not only that, but they also wanted me to stay there with them. And I couldn't, because I wanted more of God. And of course, the more of God for me was somewhere else. I tell you, it broke my heart, but I had to leave them behind. Only a handful of people moved out with me. It was painful, but it was necessary for me to climb further and go higher. I couldn't stay there. I would have died. My ministry would have died, spiritually speaking. So whenever we see evidence of the presence of God lifting from us, or from what we are involved with, it's time to fervently seek the Lord with fasting 
and inquire from him whether it's time to reposition ourselves by the leading of his spirit. And God by his spirit is always on the move. Remember that. He ne he's never stationary. He's always on the move creating and doing new things in the life of the church, in the life of his people. And if we desire to see and be part of what God is currently doing, we must move with him wherever he leads us. And you remember back in the Old Testament when God brought the children of Israel out of Egypt? Scripture says that he led them with a pillar of cloud by day and he provided light at night with a pillar of fire. But whenever the cloud lifted from over the tent, the Bible says the people would break camp and follow the cloud. And so it is today. God leads us by his spirit from one place to another, from one season to another, from one level of faith to another. And if we desire to grow and develop spiritually, we must learn to follow the leading of his spirit to wherever he leads us. This is so, so important. We got to stop and check deep down in our spirit. What is going on down there? Because God is in your spirit. It's not in your head and it's not in your body. It's in your spirit. So when he wants to communicate with us, he alerts our spirits. Proverbs chapter 20 says, The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord or the lamp of the Lord. That means when God wants to enlighten us, he lights the candle. He lights, he alerts our spirits. And it is, he doesn't speak, he doesn't shout. He doesn't speak with an audible voice. We have to be still in order to know and to discern. And oftentimes, uh, go into a fast. Because fasting will help uh, subdue the flesh so the spirit can rise up and, and begin to minister to us the way God wants us uh, to be ministered to. And I found that to be true in my own life. Sometimes the Lord would alert me years before a transition takes place. Uh, why does he do that? So that he can prepare our hearts. He doesn't just push us into a place. He goes ahead of us. He prepares the way. Then he prepares our hearts. Then he moves us in. And so it's important to be extra sensitive to the Spirit when we hit a dry place then we need to start inquiring. But we need to be very careful that it is the Lord who repositions us by His Word and by His Spirit and not some kind of hurt that we've experienced in some place and not the spirit of fear that is trying to move us, especially when we look around us here in South Africa and we see what's going on. Many, many have left, not because the Lord moved them, but because the spirit of fear moved them. And they began to be afraid for their welfare, for their children, or whatever reason. And so they pick up and they go. And I'm talking about believers and Christians. I'm not talking about unbelievers. Sinners, you know, they do that all the time. They never inquire of the Lord. 
But to move out of fear and to move out of offense or hurt, it will only lead us to bigger problems than what we're facing uh, where we are. So we need to be very careful and we need to test. And, and if you sense in your heart that God is, is beginning to talk to you about repositioning, pray. And then when you pray, you receive something, go to your pastor, to your spiritual oversight, to someone whom you trust, who is a spiritual and a wise person, submit the leading that you received and allow that person to discern through scripture. Uh, whether that is of God or it's just out of your own uh, flesh or, or uh, imagination. So this is what I wanted to share with you folks tonight, and I pray that this, this, uh, this uh, principle of repositioning has, has really blessed you and ministered to you in one way or another, and, and I trust that it will continue to minister to you. You may not have any use for this word right now, but the time may come down the road where the Spirit of God will remind you of what I shared and what I taught to you tonight, and He will bring that to your remembrance. Father, we thank you so much for your precious Spirit that leads and guides us into all truth. We thank you, Father, also for your word, for your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light to our path. Thank you that you have not left us orphans or helpless or without direction or guidance, but you've given us a map, and that map is the Holy Spirit, is the Word of God. We appreciate you for all the gifts, and we appreciate you for the many dealings that you are at work in our lives for the various uh, seasons that you're taking us in and for the principle of repositioning. We bless you tonight and we thank you in Jesus' precious and wonderful name. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org.za.